Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. So you've probably heard before how important it is to have a proper sleep schedule. Maybe you've heard about how meal timing can affect your hormone production, your weight, your mood, your energy, your sleep. But I think these are some things that many of us don't actually put into practice. And this episode is, I think, one of the most convincing things I've ever heard in terms of getting your circadian rhythm on track, getting your sleep cycle on track, biohacking your life with your meal timing. I'm so excited for you to hear today's show. But before I get into that, I want to take a second to remind you about the really amazing health and wellness bundle that's out right now. When this is released, it will be in the middle of the week when the bundle is live, and I talked about this on last episode in depth, but basically from Monday, September 9th through Tuesday, September 17th, 2019, a huge killer bundle is on sale with 30 online programs and courses from health and wellness experts. And my Paleo Woman Lifestyle program is one of the 30 courses. But here's the thing. This bundle is $99.99, only $100. And you're getting 30 courses and programs that when you add them together at their normal prices are worth over $5,000. That's a 98% discount. That's three bucks a program. And these programs are worth more than the bundle itself. So you are getting a huge deal. There are programs in this bundle that cost $500, $700, $300 by themselves. My program is usually $149. If you buy this bundle, you're getting it for $99 plus 29 other programs. You can go to bit.ly slash crw bundle to see all of the courses that are included. You will probably recognize a lot of them, but topics covered include manifesting, building confidence, women's empowerment, meal prep, overcoming emotional eating, cleansing and detoxing the body, optimizing your hormones, how to quit sugar, Sarah Wilson's I Quit Sugar 8-Week Program, which a lot of people love that program. That is in here. How to go gluten-free, how to overhaul your gut health, how to prep yourself if you want to conceive, making herbal preparations, going non-toxic, fixing your period, saying goodbye to all those period problems, healing your adrenals if you have adrenal fatigue, optimizing your sleep, meditation, 
yoga, strength training, fat loss, and more. This is years worth of information. Once you download it, you have it forever and you can come back to it whenever in your life you want to. If you think that at any point in your life you'll want some of these programs, even just two of them, purchase this. It's a total steal. It feels like it's too good to be true. But it's true, and it's only here for a week, and after this week, this is never going to be on sale again. Even if you already have my course, if there are one to two other courses in here that you want, this is worth the price. I recommend buying it now before you regret missing out on the opportunity. I know a ton of you have already purchased this, and you guys are super excited. And remember, once you get these programs, they are yours, so you don't have to work through all of us at once. Don't get overwhelmed, but you will have access to all of these courses and programs forever. So if anytime during your life you need them, you can come back to them. And I've been working through the content and it's amazing. There are so many different topics covered and just highlighting some of my personal favorites in here are the Manifestation Project, the Confidence Masterclass, Emotional Eating from Nutritious Life, the I Quit Sugar 8-Week Program, like I mentioned, the Gut Overhaul, Say Goodbye to Your Period Problems, the Adrenal Collective Workshop, the Hormone Reset Detox Program, Yoga for Beginners, Move with Strength, and Stronger Bodies. Those are some of my favorites that I've just started working through, but I know I'm going to fall in love with all of them. I just, I mean, it's a lot. I haven't been able to dive as deep as I want to in everything yet, but I have access to everything forever. So if you want to purchase that bundle, which you definitely do, it's 100 bucks. This is a total steal, and you are getting a lifetime's worth of knowledge. This is everything you could ever want if you love health and wellness. Just go to bit.ly slash CRW bundle. That's bit.ly slash CRW B-U-N-D-L-E. And that's where you can find all the information and purchase your bundle. Speaking of things that will optimize your life and your health, your wellness, let's talk about today's sponsor, Ned. You know my love runs very, very deeply for Ned. Ned is a wellness brand and they create full spectrum hemp oil and hemp products that are all small batch and slow crafted. All are made from organic, whole, natural ingredients. And these products have changed my life. Their full spectrum hemp oil is the only hemp oil I will use. Full spectrum hemp, also commonly referred to as CBD, but technically... Only pharmaceutical companies can use that term, so Ned is being politically correct when they say they are using full-spectrum hemp oil, which is what it is, but I use their full-spectrum hemp oil every single day to help calm me down, wind me down, promotes my sleep, helps with inflammation. Really great if you just need to wind down during the day, relax. I have a history of anxiety, and I've found so many awesome natural remedies for that, and this really, really helps chill me out and, again, just helps me get to sleep. I sleep like a baby now that I use this stuff. And I know a lot of you might struggle with sleep and staying asleep throughout the night or just winding down enough to sleep. So I highly recommend this. And besides its help for anxiety and sleeping, insomnia and inflammation, it's also great just as a natural pain reliever in general. It can really help if you struggle with depression or PTSD. It's a rich source of antioxidants. It helps with a lot of chronic conditions like 
epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and it's great for balancing out your hormones. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is going to help activate your endocannabinoid system. And this system in the body is kind of like our balancing system. It helps the body stay in homeostasis, but it's not stimulated very often. And full spectrum hemp oil is one of the best things you can do to stimulate the endocannabinoid system. And that helps bring everything else into balance. So if you struggle with hormone imbalances, whatever they may be, full spectrum hemp oil might be very, very helpful for you. I want to remind you that full spectrum hemp is a major non-psychotropic, so it's not going to get you high. And why I love Ned so much is because it actually works. If you tried CBD before and you think it doesn't work, it was probably the quality. And Ned's products are the highest quality on the market. I've never found a full spectrum hemp oil like this before. A lot of companies use CBD isolates, which is a lab isolated CBD. It's in a white powder form. It's totally stripped of all of the other phytocannabinoids that help with the cannabidiol. And why Ned is so great is because it's a full spectrum hemp oil. So it contains the CBD, but also contains all of the other active cannabinoids in addition to the CBD. So it has the CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, and more. And when you have that full spectrum of cannabinoids, that's what's known as the entourage effect. And that is what is known to really give the true healing powers of hemp. So if if you're not getting a full spectrum, you're not really getting the benefits. Ned also uses a very gentle and slow ethanol-based extraction method done at room temperature. So they don't use any high heat or high pressure because that can really compromise the profile of the hemp flower and really affect its cannabinoid content. And they also only extract from hemp flowers, also known as the buds, whereas other companies usually extract from the stalks and seeds of the hemp plant, which is kind of the throwaway part of the plant. They also energetically infuse all of their products with binaural beats, positive affirmations, and overall happy vibes. And blessing the hemp and using those binaural beats makes a big difference on the quality. We talked about this a bit in my podcast episode with the founders, Adrian and Rhett, but you know, there have been studies showing that the way we talk to things, people and things, and also the energy in the environment affects their molecular structure. I know this has changed so many people's lives. It's changed my life and I really would love for you to try this out and let me know what you think about it. There is no going back once you turn to Ned and it's kind of funny. I feel like whenever I'm with a friend who also uses Ned, which most of my friends do now, if we're together at night, it's like this ritual. Like everyone needs their Ned and we joke that we cannot survive without it because I I truly cannot. I feel like almost everyone I chat with either struggles with chronic illness, autoimmune disease, inflammation, imbalanced hormones, anxiety, stress, or insomnia. So if you deal with any of those, I really recommend checking this out. Ned also has a really amazing hemp-infused body butter and hemp-infused lip balms, and I highly recommend those as well. The body butter is great if you have any joint pain or muscle aches or just really want to soothe the body. So if you are ready to try your Ned, just go to helloned.com and you can use my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. I recommend starting with a 300 milligram, put some under your tongue, hold it there for 30 seconds in the evening and then swallow. And then you can build your way up to the higher dosages if you would like. 
Again, go to hellonet.com and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. Speaking of Ned, the guys from Ned, the founders, Rhett and Adrian, were the ones who told me about Blue Blocks, the blue light blocking glasses that I am obsessed with. Rhett and Adrian are obviously into optimizing your sleep and overall wellness. And so I found Blue Blocks through them and tried them out and their glasses completely changed the game for me. I thought I was getting benefits from Blue Blockers before and it wasn't until I tried the Blue Blocks that I realized I was not and these are real deal and I cannot recommend them enough. These glasses are made with the science behind them. So when it comes to lenses, I mean, lenses are not my area of expertise. So I didn't realize this before and now I'm learning more. And when it comes to the lenses for blue light blocking glasses, they need to block a very specific spectrum for you to receive the benefits that most most glasses on the market do not. So the orange ones are not going to cut it. And I was chatting more with the founder, Andy Mant, and you know, we were talking about just circadian rhythm in general and kind of biohacking stuff. And I told him, I just want you to come on the podcast and talk more about this because he just knows so much about circadian rhythm and biohacking and light and how to use light to optimize your overall well-being and the connections between light and sleep and hormone production and weight loss and hunger signals and everything in between. And this was one of my favorite podcasts I've ever recorded, honestly. It was so cool to me, and I just think the more I learn about all of these lifestyle factors that really do make a big difference on our health, the more I just think life is so cool. The world is so cool. It's so amazing how you can you can use these techniques to feel so much better just in the way you structure your day and in doing something as simple as wearing blue light blocking glasses and the right type at the right time. So today I'm chatting with Andy Mant. Like I said, he's the founder and CEO of Blue Blocks, which specializes in blue light blocking glasses. He has a really cool personal health story that eventually led him to designing lenses that match the evidence in the academic literature. He was born in the UK and moved to Australia, so you will get to enjoy his his accent. And he is going to drop some major knowledge when it comes to circadian rhythm and how light affects your health. Not only is he so knowledgeable, but he is also just such a great guy. And the glasses are obviously amazing, but the company has an incredible social mission, which he will talk more about in the end of this episode. So I just love supporting this company for so many reasons. And the information you're going to learn in this podcast is extremely valuable. If you want to uh, get more from Andy, you can follow him on Instagram at andymant84. And of course, check out Blue Blocks. You can find their glasses at blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com. And my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, will get you 15% off of your purchase of any Blue Blocks glasses. I know you are dying to hear all the information, so let's go ahead and hop into this chat with Andy Mant. 
So thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. I've been really excited to chat with you. And like I told you, your blue lockers are the best things I've ever worn. And they make a huge difference because I've tried so many different brands. But Andy, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about you and, and what you do in case they're not familiar with you? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a great place to start. And like, first of all, thank you so much for letting me come on your your show, Christina. I think it's um, such a great show. Love your community and just love everything you're doing. So it's an absolute honor to be be talking to you. Um, so a little bit about my background. So um, as people can probably tell from my accent, um, I'm not from the, the USA. Um, I'm actually British. Um, so I grew up in a, a small um, village in, in the south of the UK. Um, and I was always into sport, health, fitness, everything like that growing up as a kid. Um, and as I got into my twenties, um, I started to stop playing sport um, that I really loved. I started to, you know, turn to, um, you know, convenience foods and drink and, and things like that. And I put on quite a lot of weight. Um, and a lot of it was, um, you know, down to, um, you know, not playing my sport, making bad choices, etc. So anyway, um, time went on, I slowly put on the weight, really bad lifestyle choices. And then I looked into um, basically moving away from the UK, away from sort of some of the bad influences um, that I had sort of in my life at the time. Um, and I got a job offer to come over to Australia. Um, so I've been here for 10 years now. But when I first arrived in Australia um, 10 years ago, I was like the heaviest I'd ever been. Um, I was miserable. I was getting sick so much. Um, and I basically tried loads of different diets, um, went to see doctors. No one really sort of could help me. They gave me these diet plans and I followed them. They were rubbish, didn't really do anything. Um, so I just thought to myself one day, this suddenly dawned upon me and I don't know where it came from. There's just a spark of energy. And I was just like, you know what? I've got to research all of this myself and I've got to figure out what to do to get myself back on track. So I basically went down the rabbit hole of, um, like ketogenic dieting, started to mix around in forums, um, reading a lot of the peer reviewed studies on diet and, and nutrition. Um, and I, I, lost quite a lot of weight. Um, I started training again in the gym um, and I started to get healthy. Um, and this was great. So it, it, this enabled me to get not only sort of get healthy and get on the path to optimal wellness. Um, it gave me, I guess, the mindset to really sort of um, think positively in a disruptive manner um, against the normal, I guess, um, rationale behind, say, weight loss, health and, and nutrition. So it got me into thinking more about alternative health. Now, one thing that I've always struggled with um, for, for many years was, was sleep, okay? Um, and when I changed my diet, I thought, you know, I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to do, do really well on, on the sort of weight loss side. This will then have an impact on my sleep and I'll, I'll sleep better. But actually, my, my sleep didn't get better at all. In, in, in fact, if, if anything, it actually got worse when I cleaned up my diet, which was really strange. Um, so I started researching a little bit more into that and a couple of years passed and, um, I stumbled across, um, some articles on, um, how artificial light, um, can affect something called our, our central body clocks. So I started doing a little bit of a deep dive into that and, um, researching something called circadian biology. So what that means is a, a circadian is Latin, um, for about a day. Um, and it's basically what um, all our cells in our body run off. And I'll come in to explain a little bit more about that later. 
Um, but basically what, what the literature is saying was if, if that circadian clock, body clock was disrupted in any way, light being one of the major causes of that, it can actually impact your sleep, your hormones, your health and your wellness. So I jumped on um, a few forums, got talking. People were like, you've got to get blue light blocking glasses. Like block the blue light after dark and um, you can you know, get better sleep. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, brilliant. Let's give it a go. So I, I jumped on Amazon, jumped on eBay, had a little look around, bought myself a cheap sort of 15, 20 buck pair of, of these amber lens blue, blue light blocking glasses. I popped them on like first night. I had the, the like literally the, the most improved sleep I've ever had. Um, you know, I still woke up a few times in the night when I was wearing these glasses, but my I, I felt a little bit better um, than I did previously. So I thought there's something something behind this. So I started to um, take a deeper dive into the literature and started to look specifically at um, I guess biophotons, um, look at um, I guess quantum biology um, and I guess the physics of light. Um, and when you actually read the literature of, of all these amazing peer-reviewed studies, it became very clear there was a specific range of light that affected your circadian rhythms in the evening. Um, and there were specific frequencies of light during the day that um, attributed to things like digital eye strain, dry eyes, headaches, macular degeneration and migraines. So what I did was... I started um, speaking to um, a, a real sort of A-grade optics lab here in, in Australia, and I was sort of telling them all about this, and they were a bit like, oh, you know, don't really get this, a bit woo, you know, blah, blah, blah. I started showing them the studies, and um, they then suddenly thought, oh, there's, there's probably something in this. So I said to them, right, can you, if I grab a load of these glasses off Amazon, different brands, um, can you test them with a, a spectrometer? So that tests what light passes through these lenses. And they said, yeah, no problem. Like you paid them a fee, sent them these glasses and they tested these glasses. And then it came back with this report of, right, glasses number one blocked, you know, 90% of blue, number two blocked 25% of blue, number three, et cetera. Um, and when you look at the, look at the, the academic studies, you actually need to be blocking 100% of blue light and you need to be blocking, um, a lot of green light as well, up to about 550 nanometers. I'll come on to that again later to explain it. And none of these glasses were doing that. So in a nutshell, all the glasses out there were not actually being optimal or blocking in line with, um, with, with what the study said you had to block to be optimal and get the best sleep. So when I worked with this, um, started working with this lab, we were like, well, can we develop specific tints and materials to go into our glasses or into some into some frames to give us the most optimal blocking technology to give people optimal sleep completely optimal during the day for when they're working in an office and you know for about three or four months we developed loads of different prototypes until we got to exactly where we wanted to be and um we developed these our signature red lenses which are these sleep plus glasses from blue blocks and um you know, we, we trialed them out, we sent them out to a few people in the health and wellness space, and they were just blown away with how much difference there was between those and, and these sort of cheap amber glasses that they, they were buying off, off Amazon and eBay. Um, so, you know, that's how, I guess, it came about that, um, you know, I started Blue Blocks, my, my company. Um, we just weren't simply weren't happy with the offering um, of blue light blocking glasses that were out there. And unfortunately, there were just far too many companies out there that just wanted to sell glasses, not knowing anything about the science and what light actually does to the body. So, you know, it led me to go on 
quite a few shows and write quite a few blogs and, and gain quite a, a, a good following on, on social media because people actually felt like they wanted to come to me to learn about how light can be used to optimize their hormones, their sleep and add that sort of extra dimension to their, I guess, health and wellness journey. Yeah, what a story. And I want to dive into all yeah. the things about the about the glasses. But first, I want to talk a little bit more about your personal journey, just because I think it's interesting. Um, I know you said that you tried a bunch of different diets before you kind of found out about keto. And then that was what helped you what what type of diets were you trying before? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I, I originally got really, um, uh, I guess, really fat. Um, it was about 30 or 40 pounds heavier than, than I am now. Um, and that was through just, the, you know, your standard American diet, as, as they call it. Um, you know, it's a lot of junk, a lot of fast food and, and things like that. So when I first went um, on the dieting route, I actually went for the, um, I guess, the Seco approach, so the calories in, calories out approach, where it was right, I'm going to weigh all my food. Um, I, I didn't know anything about macronutrients. So I was just like, right, I'm just going to, you know, if I have a, a, a sandwich today or if I have a, a, a baked potato or, or if I have a cheeseburger, then, um, you know, I just count those calories and everything will be um, will be totally fine. Um, and I just found then I was just, just hungry all the time. Like, you know, it was... Um, you know, I'd lose a couple of pounds in a week. Um, and then I'd get to the weekend and I'd be like, I am famished and I need to just eat. And then I would just put more weight back on. So it just, it just didn't seem to work. Um, so I tried that and I failed miserably at that. Um, I never tried the vegan diet, um, just cause I'm, I've never been a huge fan of like vegetables and, and things like that. Anyway, I'm, I've always like preferred, you know, like sort of meats and cheeses and, and things like that. So keto seemed like the obvious choice for me. Um, but I also went on, um, some like sort of health and fitness sites that were like, okay, right. Macronutrients are important, but it was more weighted towards, I guess, a higher carbohydrate load. Um, so like 40% carbs, like 20% fat and, you know, like 30%, 30, 40% protein, something along those lines that I went after. And I guess what I didn't, and, and what, why these sites are so misleading is, you know, like, um, you like those those types of diets don't just get you they don't get you healthy i mean you know it's it's very misleading that you know they say have this amount of carbs um and they don't really state what carbs to have so i was just like still eating bread and like white rice and things like that but i think i, I just wasn't training hard enough as well maybe for that type of diet and um you know i wasn't into you know bodybuilding or um you know getting a specific physique where maybe carbohydrates were more required for, I guess, you know, things like, I guess, mTOR activation and, um, I guess, glycogen replacement and things like that. But, you know, I just wanted to get fit and healthy. I, I never really did endurance training or anything like that. It was more just sort of lifting a few weights and, um, you know, going through the motions that way. So I think that diet really tripped me up. Um, you know, not saying that's a, a bad diet. It just, it just didn't work for me. Um, so they were probably the main ones that, um, that I personally tried. And then, when keto came in, I was just, I remember the first time I tried keto and this is how naive like I was, I, I was cooking bacon and, and eggs, right? And, and I put that onto my plate and I, I'd read somewhere that, yeah, once you've cooked the um, food, you've got to pour all the grease like all over it as well. And I poured all the grease in the pan all over this bacon and eggs. 
ate about half of it and threw up and I was just like what am I doing like this can't be right and then um just stopped doing that just had the normal bacon and eggs and then I just started to learn about other foods so things like oh an avocado is like high in fat like I could have that um cheese is high in fat cream and butter and things like that and oh what can I what can I make with this and and I'm I, I quite like cooking so um and I I kind of got onto that through this this keto dieting protocol that I went through um, because I was just bored of eating bacon and eggs every day and um, thought there must be more to this surely I can make like a garlicky buttery sauce to have on my steak and maybe a peppercorn sauce made with cream um, to have with my chicken or something along those lines and that made it a lot easier for me so I was making these really sort of nice palatable foods um, you know they were full of flavor because they're full of fat um, and yeah the, the weights um, started to come off and I didn't feel like I was dieting I was never hungry um, you know and I you know maybe craved carbs for a few weeks um, and then I was okay um, but you know my, my approach now is um, in dieting isn't isn't ketogenic it's it's more seasonal eating um, so carbs are back in my diet but I understand carbs from veggies from fruit from berries from sweet potatoes um, from oats are, are totally fine for me personally um, but I typically like to eat um, with the seasons and the reason I like to eat with the seasons is I believe that um, food is produced um, typically I guess in nature meat aside um via you know like photosynthesis so that involves light and, and water um and i feel that everything is always tied back to light and i think that when light um is at a certain i guess magnitude and frequency at a specific time of year um the planet will produce food for humans um in the region they live in um based on those um i guess light conditions so for instance you know you're in um in in the winter you're going to probably not see as many fruits and, and vegetables being grown because maybe the ground is covered by ice um, maybe it's too cold maybe there's not enough light for the fruits to become into season and, and things so during the winter months my diet is, is predominantly meat and, and fish um, and and hardly any carbohydrate at all but we're moving into spring now in Australia um, and we're starting to see, I guess, um, a warming up and we're starting to see, um, you know, more abundance of like, you know, fruits and, and veggies and, you know, um, like, like berries, like strawberries. And I guess, you know, can eat things like oats because they're starting to come into season. Um, so I, I eat more carbohydrate in the um, in the, the spring and summer months now, um, which I feel great for, um, you know, I, I felt fine on, on keto. I felt great. I felt a lot better because I was comparing it to what rubbish I was eating before, but comparing keto to seasonal eating for me, um, I feel a lot more relaxed because I'm not having to stress too much about, um, you know, not having any carbs like at a specific time and keeping below 30 grams for keto and things like that. And it's, it's like, well, let's think about this a little bit more logically you know let's just eat what's in season over here and and um you know not um you know i guess ignore the i guess the signals of 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 nature um and, and of our planet and and listen to what it's trying to tell us um and this is why diet um you know sort of gurus really frustrate me because they seem to want to create the perfect human diet for every single individual on the planet. And, you know, you someone will say, this is the best diet in the world. And someone will come in and go, 
well, what about the blue zones? They eat this, they eat soy, they eat that, that and the other. And it's like, well, brilliant. I, I don't have their genealogy. I don't live in their light environment. I don't live in their latitude. So why would I want to eat the same as someone like that? Like, you know, when you look at, I guess, one of the studies I read um, years and years ago about keto was one about the the Eskimos, um, so Inuits, I guess, like that be more politically correct. I don't even know if you can call them that anymore, Inuits, um, up in, um, I guess, like Alaska and places like um, that and in Greenland and um, in in the the North Pole sort of areas. Like what does their diet um, consist of? Um, Hardly any sort of fruits and vegetables because it doesn't grow there. They eat a lot of fat. They eat a lot of, um, you know, like marine animals. um, and, And why do they eat that? Because the light environment, where they live does not allow for fruit and vegetables to grow. They don't eat fruit and vegetables, yet they thrive. They don't have any disease. They don't have anything anything wrong with them. Um, but if you go more to the equator, um, where the sun is is warm all year round, there's an abundance of um, you know fruit vegetables that can grow. People that have the genealogy and I guess um, you know life environment to actually live. Um, in the equatorial areas are going to thrive on higher carbohydrate diets. Um, so look, it really comes down to where you are living, where your ancestry comes from in terms of what you can and can't eat, in my opinion. And I think it's all tied back to light and how light is, I guess, producing the foods that one can eat in, in any given location. Speaking of diet and ways to adjust your diet to optimize your health, let's talk about today's sponsor, Four Sigmatic. If you're not familiar with Four Sigmatic, they are a wellness company on a mission to popularizing mushroom consumption because a lot of people don't realize that there's a whole kingdom of mushrooms out there far beyond the typical mushrooms you find in the grocery store. And this kingdom of mushrooms has so many amazing health benefits for your immunity, energy, longevity, cognition, and more. And these functional mushrooms have been used for centuries. We're talking about functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane. And why I love Four Sigmatic is because they make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do. You might find some other mushroom products out there on the market that don't taste that great, or you just don't even know how to use them, or they're not the highest quality out there. And Four Sigmatic uses a dual extracted method and tests all of their products for pesticides, heavy metals, irradiation, and mycotoxins to make sure they are safe. They also only use wild-crafted or law-grown and certified organic mushrooms, and they are so effective. You are getting 500 to 1,500 milligrams of those dual-extracted mushrooms per serving. This is the most potent product out there on the market, and all you have to do is open up a packet add it to hot water or add it to a smoothie or another recipe of choice and you're good to go. But typically I just mix it in with some hot water and I am good to go. They taste so delicious. And honestly, I was drinking Four Sigmatic before I even understood the health benefits. And now that I know the health benefits, it's really important for me to drink these every day to really optimize my health. So which mushroom elixirs am I using? Well, in the morning, I tend to rotate and I will often use cordyceps, which is great for natural energy. It's going to give you 
balance energy levels without any caffeine. So if you don't do well with caffeine, cordyceps is a great way to boost your energy in the morning. And this is also great for athletes. You can take it before you have a workout or even afterwards. And this will just help give you some energy. But I drink it even when I'm not working out. And another one that I love for during the day is chaga. Chaga is known as the king of the mushrooms because it is so high in antioxidants and amazing for supporting your immune system, especially with this time of year coming up, fall's coming up, winter's coming up. Really important to get ahead of any colds, illnesses, and you really want to boost your immune system, and chaga is king for this. Another one I love during the day is the lion's mane. This is amazing for brain function and just optimizing your cognition. So if you really want your memory to be sharp, if you want to be able to concentrate, think super clearly, definitely try the lion's mane out. And the one I love to have every single night as part of my nighttime ritual is reishi. This is great for stress and sleep. If you struggle with stress during the day, if you just, you know, need to like loosen up your shoulders, you just had a long day, definitely hit up the reishi. Or if you have trouble sleeping, if you struggle with insomnia, winding down, waking up in the middle of the night, try out the reishi elixir. I like to drink this a few hours before bed or during a stressful day. It doesn't make you sleepy, like it doesn't make you tired, but it just relaxes you. So uh, I can drink this during the day if I'm really stressed out too and I feel much better and it tastes delicious. If you do enjoy coffee, then I highly recommend the Mushroom Coffee Mix. Their mushroom coffee has only 50 milligrams of caffeine per serving and is mixed with functional mushrooms like lion's mane and chaga to give your body some energy, but not give you those crazy jitters that coffee typically does. And one of my favorite little treats is their Mushroom Hot Cacao Mix, which is hot chocolate with some reishi in it. You can mix it with water or some nut milk and you have a really delicious, yummy, not too sweet because I hate when it just tastes like straight sugar. It just This one's just sweetened with a little coconut sugar, but it's the perfect hot chocolate before bed and I can go to sleep after I drink this and it tastes amazing. But you can head to their website to see all of the different mushroom elixirs and lattes that they have. They have so many options. They have their golden latte mix, they have chai latte, they have matcha latte mix, they have everything. And it's just so easy because you can just add water and you're good to go. Or add some nut milk if you want to make it extra fancy. But these are a must-have. They just come in little packets with the powder in it. I take them everywhere with me when I travel and I always have a few in my purse. I swear, if you ever see me out, ask me. I'm sure I will have like three or four in my bag. I actually just went to the movies the other day to see The Lion King, and you know I brought my reishi with me. Anyways, if you want to check out all of Four Sigmatic's products, all of their different elixirs, superfood blends, they even have edible skincare. I know, pretty impressive. You can go to foursigmatic.com CRW, and my discount code CRW will get you 15% off. Again, that's foursigmatic.com. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash C-R-W and my code C-R-W will get you 15% off. Now I'm going to get back to my cordyceps that's next to me right now and I'm going to let you get back to this amazing conversation with Andy Mant. Yeah, I love that point and I'm curious 
like he's talking about like light and also where you're from. But a lot of people now don't live where they're from, you know. So like where my ancestors are from, they're from Europe, and I live here in America. Do you think in terms of diet, diet specifically, people should pay more attention to seasonal eating in the context of where they live now, or should they pay attention to diet in terms of where their ancestors are from? Like, does one trump the other? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think it's one that, um, you know, I can provide opinion on, um, but I, I certainly couldn't provide any sort of fact on, on, on that. And I think it's down to, to trial and error. I think if you, um, you know, take both approaches and, and research it, um, you know, you can you can come to a, a conclusion on, on, I guess, what works best. I guess the, the issue you've got from looking at it from a, um, I guess a genealogical standpoint is that your ancestors would have lived in a um, very different time when EMFs weren't present. So electromagnetic frequencies like Wi-Fi, 4G, 5G, things like that, um, that affect our cells and metabolism a lot, um, a lot differently to what theirs are affected with. Uh, like we live in a higher polluted state, um, you know, global warming, things like that, CO2 levels, which all affects, I guess, the functionality of our cells and metabolism. And there's a really interesting study that actually came out showing that, um, you know, just being um, in close proximity to a microwave that's on um, and also a router, a router, I guess you guys would call it, um, for the internet, um, actually raises blood sugar levels and blood glucose levels um, independent of food and, and light does the same okay so um, that that's all been proven in the literature light can can raise insulin levels in, in the absence of food um, easily so look, I, I think personally that if you are living in a specific latitude um, so if, if you say your ancestors are say from I don't know say Sweden and then you move to LA um, you should be adopting the um, diet according to the region that you're in currently um, because your body will, um, I guess, epigenetically respond to the light in that area um, and over time pretty quickly adapt to um, that environment. Um, you know, for example, being in the UK, we don't ever get any sunshine. So I was always very pale and pasty. And if I went out to Spain or Greece for a week summer holiday, I would burn to a crisp, regardless if I wore sun cream or not. Um, whereas moving to Australia within a year of building up something called melanin, um, which is like your solar callus, um, I only have to be outside for like an hour or two and I'm like brown and tanned and I don't burn anymore and um, I've adapted to that light environment. Um, so I think that um, where, where you're based now, um, you should look at seasonal eating for, for that area. I love that answer. That makes total sense to me. And I mean, kind of related to you talking about how light can increase insulin levels, something, so I mean, you kind of fell into this through keto. I'm assuming keto also was kind of a gateway into just the whole biohacking side of yes. things. Yeah, because it kind of goes hand in hand, right? So one thing that's really popular in the, in the ketogenic community is intermittent fasting. Um, now a lot of people are doing OMAD. And I would love for you to talk about meal timing. And because I think most people who intermittent fast will skip breakfast and eat lunch and dinner or just dinner. So can you yep. speak a little bit to to that and the pros and cons of that in terms of, you know, circadian rhythm? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's intermittent fasting is, is great. Okay, so I'm going to caveat that. But 
I would say that 99% of people that do it, do it wrong. Okay. Um, first of all, before you, you start an intermittent fast, um, my advice before I sort of talk on the circadian side of it is, is really to determine why are you doing it? Okay. Are you doing it to basically eat less calories? Um, you know, you're using it as a calorie restriction method because, you know, you only have a small window to eat and there's only so much food you can eat in that window. If you are fine, brilliant, no, that's fine. But, um, you know, make sure you know that's your objective. Or are you doing it for, you know, the health benefits like autophagy, um, for, you know, your cell repair and clearance and, um, I guess, longevity? So, um, first of all, I would, I would say to people, you know, um, determine the rationale behind doing anything um, in health, wellness and, and fitness. Um, I'm sure everyone is that listens to, to this, this show. Um, so I would caveat that to start with. Now, the... <laughs> The way our body clocks work, okay, we have a, a central um, master clock, and it's located um, in the brain, in the supercharismatic nucleus, okay, and that um, clock is governed by light, okay, so that is basically the conductor of the orchestra of peripheral oscillators, okay, now peripheral oscillators are mini clocks that are located in every single cell and organ in our body. Okay, now those um, peripheral oscillators, I call them peripheral clocks, actually, threes. So peripheral clocks are, are little tiny body clocks that are found in all the cells in the body. Now, we, for optimal, I guess, function as a human being, the master clock must be in sync with all of your peripheral clocks. Okay, now there are there are two main functions to do this. Okay, that is in training the master clock correctly through um, the appropriate light signals. So that's through watching the sunrise in the morning being the first light you see, seeing the sun through varying points of the day to send more messages to the brain um, and the central clock to say this is this time of the day, this hormone, X hormone, Y hormone needs to be released, Z hormone needs to stop, for instance. Um, and then the sun set in the evening when there's a massive spike of blue light then tells your body that, wow, that's the end of the blue now. And we need to wind down, stop producing cortisol, um, start producing melatonin and, and going to sleep. Now, that's the easy part. OK, now, when you dive into the literature and look at these peripheral clocks, they're not just entrained by light. They're entrained by things like exercise, food timing and temperature as well. So the liver clock, for instance, um, and the uh, pancreatic clock um, has been shown in, in academic studies to be entrained by food. Um, so it's by meal timing and meal size that entrains this clock. So what this means is that um, in order to sync our master clock with our liver and pancreatic clock, we need to make sure that they are both entrained, so set at a similar time of the day. So when we set our master clock, we set that at sunrise, okay? So your largest meal of the day should be at sunrise. Um, give or take a couple of hours. Um, you know, say the sunrise is at 6 a.m., you know, if you eat at 8 a.m., that's not going to be an issue. Um, and then throughout the day, you need to slowly shrink your meal sizes. Um, so, you know, by lunch, if you say you have three meals a day, your breakfast needs to be the largest, your lunch needs to be the smallest, uh, sorry, the medium and your dinner needs to be the, the smallest. Now, the way the intermittent um, 
fasting world works is, is the opposite way around nine times out of ten. They, like you said, they skip breakfast. They, you know, go through to say two in the afternoon and then they slam a load of food down for eight hours before they go to bed. Now, from a circadian standpoint, that is one of the worst things you can do. Um, you need to reverse it. You need to not eat after dark and try and eat the majority of calories in the first half of the day. Um, and again, when you look at other clock mechanisms about um, in training them at the same time, for instance, the skeletal muscle clock needs to be entrained in the morning as well. So your exercise in the gym needs to be in the morning too. All your clocks need to be entrained within sort of two or three hours of each other. Now, the other major issue you're going to have with eating after dark and before bed is that when you eat a large meal, you are going putting your body into a state of, I guess, putting a lot of its energy into digestion, um, which actually impairs the release of, of melatonin, um, which is going to disrupt the, I guess, the quality of sleep you're going to have. So you get three different phases of sleep. You get a light sleep where you're just sort of dozing off. Um, you also get a REM sleep, so your rapid eye movement sleep and a deep sleep. Now, it's the REM and the deep sleep that requires a lot of energy um, from um, our metabolism to basically push the repair and clearance of dead cells out of our body. And if we don't, um, if we sorry, if we eat after dark and all that energy is going into digestion, we're not going to get optimal REM and deep sleep. So we're going to miss things like clearing out of you know dead and damaged cells which if you don't do that optimally can increase your risk of cancer um you can also not have the correct i guess melatonin secretion at the exact time of the day that you need it which will be optimal about one two in the morning because your body's going to be digesting first and if that cascade of hormones through i guess um, melatonin is is phase shifted what you're going to get is your cortisol response is going to be completely out as well. So it's not going to happen first thing in the morning. It's going to happen later on in the day. And this whole cascade of hormonal issues will, will slowly creep in. And, and these are things that you won't notice immediately. But over time, you'll start to become chronically stressed. You'll start to get anxious. You, you might start to constantly feel tired and this is a, a accumulation of not getting enough REM and deep sleep and you're leaving yourself open to all these other metabolic diseases like you know maybe dementia memory loss alzheimer's cancers um diabetes um uh, and, and you know weight gain obesity things like that, that that can happen and a lot of people um in the nutrition world will look at things like oh i've I've, I'm doing this diet and now I've stalled. I'm not losing any weight. Like, you know, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm not changing anything. And what a lot of people don't look at because they're so, I guess, closed minded in the fact that, right, this one diet is my one size fits all. That's all I have to do. They're not looking at things like, um, you know, hormone management and what actually allows for hormone secretion and, and optimal hormones, which ultimately is, is, you know, 90% of it is light when you actually start looking at it. And it's very small amount is, is, is actually what you put in your mouth. Um, so we need to really pay attention to, I guess, circadian biology when it comes to things like, um, you know, not just weight loss, but health and, and hormones as well. And if we do things that um, disrupt your, your peripheral clocks or your master clock, 
your hormones are going to be out of whack and you know for a couple of days might not be an issue but you know if you do this slowly over time like with anything like with a poor diet you're going to really see the consequences of of a declining health and and I guess mental health as well um over time yeah so I'm curious how you structure your day in terms of meal timing, exercise timing, even work or like bedtime, wake time to optimize your circadian rhythm? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great question. Um, And it really, again, you know, this is, I guess, what works for me and it will work for a lot of people. Um, But, you know, don't like what, what I say to people listening to this is don't take this as gospel. Do your own trial and error if you, you know, you can't do a certain part of it after trying for several months, then obviously it's not for you and it's all N equals one in in this situation. So I guess um, I wake up in the morning. Um, I have been fortunate enough and, and a lot of people listening to this, if they go through this exact protocol or tweak it slightly for their needs, they will get these results as well. I don't set an alarm in the morning. I can get up when, whenever I want to get up, um, which typically is at sunrise because I need that light in my eyes to entrain my clock. So I get up um, at the moment, it's about um, 6.15 in the morning um, because that's when the sun starts to um, starts to rise. So I, I wake up, I don't look at any lights, no lights are put on. I go straight out my um, front door um, where I have a bit of seating out there and I sit down there and I basically wait for that sun, sun to rise. Um, I look... Um, you know, not directly at the sun, but, you know, just a little bit away from it. Um, and that triggers uh, um, a hormonal response of, of, of cortisol, which is fantastic first thing in the morning. It's, it causes the awakening response um, in humans, which makes you feel alert and energetic, ready for the day. Um, the, I guess the spectrum of light that's coming up from the sun at that type of time of day um, also triggers three other um, hormones and neurotransmitters to be released. Um, the first one is dopamine, um, which is the feel-good, happy hormone. Um, so, you know, watching that sunrise a few times, you're actually going to feel really, like, great in yourself, really positive. Um, and it also, um, that light also um, stimulates um, serotonin production in the gut, which we're going to need later on in the day. Um, and I'll come on to explain why we need that later on in the day. Um, and, um, yeah, so we've got those, um, I guess we've got, we've got serotonin, we've got the cortisol, um, and we've got the, um, uh, melanin, I guess, um, is, is stimulated at that time of the day because UV light in the mornings is, is, is very low and if not non-existent, the infrared portion of the, the light coming up in the morning and the red section is actually enough to build up something called a solar callus. So, what happens with melanin is when you go out first thing in the morning, you're building up um, something called melanin, which is a pigment. And melanin is an absorber and filtrator of, of ultraviolet light. So it protects your body later on during the day from, um, you know, too much UV light. We need UV light to synthesize vitamin D, but too much of it can burn and, and potentially lead to things like skin cancers. Now, what happens, and I'm deviating slightly from the subject here, but I will go back onto my day, with um, the, the problem with skin cancers these days is that people are missing the sunrise, missing the chance to produce more melanin in their body, which is the natural filtrator of UV light, and then going straight out in the sun at 11, 
12, 1 o'clock during the day um, with no protection against, um, you know, natural protecting against UVs. And, and, you know, they might then be smothering themselves with chemical-laden sunscreen, which is also not helping, you know, these, um, these, these issues of, I guess, melanoma incidences increasing. And, um, you know, you, it, it's, light is a really funny one because you, you can't just suddenly go out into light. Um, you've got to see it throughout the day to prepare your body for different times of the day. And, and that's one big, big thing I like to talk about is that, you know, in today's society, we, we rarely see the sunrise and we burn in the sun. Like it just, it's, it's just, just what happens. Whereas if you start seeing the sunrise and, and I did this, the first time I did this was, um, uh, several years ago when, um, about three months time, I booked a trip to the Maldives. Um, so really tropical, hot Island. Um, and for a week when I was there, I didn't wear su- sunscreen. Um, not once, no sunglasses, no sunscreen. I did not burn once. And it was like, you know, ridiculously hot there because for the three months before I spent an hour each morning watching the sunrise and being out in the morning sun in Australia to prepare my skin for that environment and it worked very well um whereas if i hadn't have done that and i've gone straight out there i would have burnt to a crisp I'm, I'm pretty sure of it um so anyway going back to what we were talking about before i've watched the sunrise now i will go back into um my house i will get showered up ready for my day i typically start the day with a cold shower um and the reason i do that is i feel that it gives me that sort of burst of energy that um you know, coupled with the rising sun is just, it's, it's, it's amazing. I just feel really productive and like, right, I'm ready to get in and conquer this day now. And it's, it works really well for me. And it, it builds up immune, um, I guess, um, good immune, immune response as well. Um, allows you to stay, you know, ward off things like colds and, um, other, um, you know, I guess societal, um, diseases and viruses. Um, so I, I do that. Um, and then what I do is I have, um, a, um, a, a workout. Um, so I will go to the gym, have my workout, um, normally about 40 minutes. Um, I do it pretty intensely and then I come home and I eat my food. So this is all probably within about two hours of waking up. I've seen the sunrise. I've had a massive breakfast, which is, um, for me high in, um, protein and, and fats at that time of the day. Um, and I've also done my exercise, um, and everything. So then I, I go about my work. Um, I, I wear my, I guess my blue light filtering glasses during the day. If I, if I'm around artificial light, because I don't want to block all blue light during the day, that's very bad for your health as well. During the day, you want to allow some of it through, but you want to just filter it down. Um, so I wear those, I put apps on my computer and phone that reduce blue light as well. Um, and I go about my work, but what I do is I set an alarm on my phone and every hour I go outside for a sun break and it doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter if it's cloudy. Um, luckily in Australia, it's 300 days of the year. It's sunny. So, um, that works well for me. So I go outside just for a few minutes, um, and just make sure the sun is, is on my skin is passing through my eyes and sending more messages to my um, central clock that, you know, this is now the time of the day, the lights change. These are the hormones that need to stop. These are the hormones that need to start being secreted, go back to work, um, et cetera. And then when it comes to sunset, um, I typically go down the beach, um, cause we're overlooking the, um, Indian ocean on this side of Australia. So we get beautiful sunsets into the Indian. Um, and I watch that because at that time of the day, 
um, you get a massive spike of blue light at sunset. Um, and it's this massive spike of blue actually tells your body clock that, right, it's now going to, blue is now going to slowly fade in away. Reds and oranges are going to become apparent. And it's time now to switch off cortisol production, relax us, start producing melatonin and get us ready for, um, you know, a, a good sleep, um, and repair. So I would have had something to eat around lunchtime as well, probably um, uh, as it was after training and, and, and it, it's in the springtime now here, it probably would have been some sweet potatoes and chicken, something like that, some veggies, which is good. Um, and then around about sunset, I eat as well. So I would have like you know, maybe a small meal then, maybe some fish. Um, and as soon as that sunsets, I do not eat anything else. Um, very rarely that I will eat it or drink anything else because I want my body to be in a state of repair from, um, you know, uh, post sunset. You know, our, our body likes to be in active phase during the day and it likes to be in repair when it's dark. So you can probably now see the problems that happens when you put on blue light um, or any artificial light in your house after dark. You're without wearing blue light glasses um, that are blocking the blue and green portion of that light. What's happening is your body is now going. Oh, is, is it daytime again? Um, I don't need to go into to repair mode. Um, a study came out a couple of weeks ago that I shared to my community that said that the skin actually is active during the day um, and it repairs in the absence of light. Um, so if we're actually after dark got lights on but wearing our blue light glasses but exposing our skin to that blue light, it's not in repair mode. So we're, we're not being able to repair any damage that perhaps has been caused by the sun during the day on our skin. And you know, it's leading to a lot of people to think, well, maybe it's artificial light and lack of darkness that is causing, you know, melanomas and skin cancers and, and aging, you know, those types of things. So it's very interesting that. So I will typically cover a lot of my skin after, after dark. If, if I'm going to be exposed to, to artificial light, I'll get my red lens, blue light blocking glasses on. Um, and I will I will do a bit of meditation, manifestation in the evening because I'm very calm and relaxed then. I do that. Um, power down all my devices about an hour before bed. And, uh, and I actually have red light in my house. So I've taken out all my LED um, white lights, which contain huge amounts of blue. And everything's now full of, of red light bulbs, so incandescent and halogen. So um, I'm not going to affect my, my skin. Um, if I need to take my glasses off for any reason, which is... is, is rarely um i um I, i'm not exposing myself to the blue and damaging my hormones and circadian rhythm and my my wife is a good example she um she was moaning to me many years ago she was like well i wear my blue light glasses and then i've got to take my makeup off before i go to bed but i have to put the light on to do that so that was one of the reasons why i started to put in the red light so she could take off her glasses um take her makeup off before she wanted to go to bed um and not damage her circadian rhythms um so it only takes a few seconds of light to um to, to trigger these hormonal responses so um yeah i typically go to bed about three to four hours after after the sun sets um we don't have daylight savings in australia which is really good um so typically i'm in bed by about half half past nine in the evening um and then yeah i'm just literally making sure that um you know my bedroom is is a good cool temperature um, I haven't eaten before, um, before bed. Um, and I also do really well with lavender. 
So I diffuse lavender in my bedroom before I go to sleep, and that helps with the increase of GABA, which helps you get into a deeper sleep. Um, and then the whole process starts again. I wake up at 6.15 in the morning and back outside I go. So, yeah, it's a, a very structured day. But once you start doing it, Christina, for a few weeks, you literally – if, if I, I can't lay in anymore. Like when I was like 10 years ago, I would love like, you know, laying in till 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and just lazing around and – like a lion now for me, if I just think, right, I really fancy like an extra, you know, couple of hours sleep this morning, I'm not going to get up till 8am. It comes to quarter past six and I literally have to jump out of bed. Otherwise I just feel ill. It's, it's so bizarre like when you do it. And it's like, I guess it's like dieting. You don't know how good it is for you until you've left your previous diet behind and gone to something that's more optimal and, and likes the same thing. You, you know, people probably listen to this going, oh, you know, I'm probably not much into this, but until you actually try it, you, you won't ever be able to go back to the old way. You always want to watch the sunrise. You always want to be outside and you will realize how bright artificial light is after you've been wearing blue blockers for a few weeks and you then look underneath them and you're literally like burning your eye out. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious in your opinion, if let's say someone's like new to the health space do you think that optimizing their circadian rhythm in that way would it would show them better results or transforming their diet would show them better results initially? That's a great question. Circadian rhythms, without a doubt, um, absolutely without a doubt. You need to um, prime your um, body um, to be, I guess, to, to partition, to take the nutrients, to, um, produce the correct, correct hormones for digestion, for repair and growth before you actually embark on any dieting protocol. I think that, you know, um, things like, I guess, neuropeptides, um, hormones like leptin and ghrelin are all tied to light as well and circadian rhythms. Um, so yeah, people need to correct that first. Um, you know, it's, you don't want to be putting good food into a damaged vessel, um, and I think that, you know, if you sort out your body clock um, and circadian biology first, you are going to see rapid uh, um, results when you start to diet. Um, and I think that you won't have the sh- you will have less stress when you're going to be dieting as well. I think that, you know, your body will take to it a lot better when you actually start eating seasonally as well or, or whatever dieting protocol you take. Um, and, you know, then adhering to things when you move on to dieting that tie into, I guess, circadian biology, which is, you know, making sure you eat more at the beginning part of your day and you stop eating before it gets dark. So, yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. Yeah, and talking about the hormones, so a lot of my audience is female and hormone imbalances are a big issue. And so do you do you know any research related to this in, like, female sex hormones specifically? Have you read anything about that? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few, um, there's, there's a few studies out there actually on, um, how a disruptive body clock can actually, um, impair, I guess, fertility rates as well, um, mm-hmm. and fertility function in humans. I can link this study. It's not a problem. It came out a few weeks ago. Um, and there's actually a, another one that I really want to talk to you guys about, um, that will resonate to your female audience is that, um, something called chrononutrition. Okay. So, um, a study came out three weeks ago um, about how breast milk given to a child um, contains different hormones on the time of day that the mother has 
and pumped that breast milk from herself. So if you're, you know, feeding your baby, um, you know, directly from, from your breast, um, that's optimal because during the day, that's higher in cortisol and um, melatonin when they tested it. So I'm sorry, um, cortisol and um, serotonin, not melatonin, serotonin. So these are the hormones that are associated with um, the daytime um, in circadian um, entrainment. Um, but what was and, and when, you know, the mother is feeding the baby directly um, after dark, the breast milk was devoid of um, uh, cortisol, but actually higher in melatonin. So the, the sleepy hormone. So what people have been doing is um, for the ease of, I guess, getting up in the night and I guess dad getting up to, to do the nighttime feed and letting mum sleep um, is they pre pump the breast milk. There's no labeling system going in. You know, there's four or five of them going in the in the fridge. It's probably pumped during the day, if I'm being honest, because um, no one's going to get up at 2 a.m. To, to do that kind of thing, just to make a load of bottles up. Um, and then, you know, you, you're taking this this breast milk, giving it to your child, at say, a night feed after dark. But it's high in cortisol. And what does cortisol do? It makes you feel alert and awake and um, it makes your body think that it's daytime. So a baby isn't born with circadian rhythms. Um, it has to develop them through, I guess, um, what we thought was light and dark cycles, which is which is, which is a part truth. But it now now appears that the mother and her breast milk actually governs how a baby's circadian rhythm is is developing. And if a baby develops a suboptimal um, circadian rhythm or, or a um, you know really badly entrained circadian rhythm then it's going to leave the baby open to more things like you know more weight gain as a child maybe and you know we see things like anxiety and stress in younger kids these days and a lot of it is is caused by the blue light emitted from screens but if you're pumping the baby full of cortisol filled breast milk 24 7 you know over time that's going to be a major issue for for the baby so you know all that all links back as well and um the big one for for women um in in the research i've done is the thyroid mm. um mm. now the thyroid is is i guess um one of the main governors of, of hormone secretion in, in all of us um and there's been a, a, a massive rise in in hyperthyroidism hashimoto's um which you know uh, consequently leads to things like weight gain and um you know infertility and, and things like that um now it's the thyroid is actually um located only a few millimeters under the skin um and when you're exposed to um uh, artificial blue light so from your computer screen or, or you know say you've got your cell phone and you're, you're talking on that um and it's um you know close to your neck the Blue light in isolation from screens and from artificial light sources actually causes cell death and, and degradation of the cell in the region that it's actually targeted. So, for instance, when you're from an eye point of view, when you're looking at your screen, you get dry eyes, don't you? You get itchy eyes. You're like, oh, I've got a bit of a headache. And you, you get dry, sore eyes because um, the cell death and the cell damage caused by the blue light in your eyes. But the same thing is happening to your thyroid. So. Um, the reason more women, and this is, again, this is my opinion, the, the, I believe the reason women have more thyroid issues than men is, I guess, corporate dogma on how one should dress in an office situation. A man, for instance, will wear a shirt and a tie. Um, it's all the fashion these days. You can probably see by me, I, I can't really grow a big beard, but, um, you know, they have beards that will probably cover the thyroid and provide protection, whereas women wear more... Um, you know, I guess 
um, you know, different things. They're not wearing shirts and ties. They're wearing more sort of like um, tops that have a maybe a lower sort of cut that exposes the neck neck a little bit more um and they're being bombarded by um by blue light and um you know i don't think it's a a coincidence that um you know more women are getting this disease now and also the advent of um and again i want to caveat a correlation and causation uh, uh, you know it's 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 a slippery slope and and i'm not implying that this is the case but it, it looks like it might be that the rise and introduction of smartphones and increase of, um, I guess, intensities of blue lit, backlit digital devices such as laptops, um, computers, um, all happened sort of in the, I guess, late 90s and onwards. And when you actually look at the rise of hyperthyroidism and, and thyroid related um, diseases, they start to rise in line with, I guess, the amount of cell phones that are being um, being given to people and the use, um, the increase in use of, um, you know, high intensity artificial light. And, you know, women need to be very careful with this. And, and a lot of my followers and people that um, speak to me and, and, I, and, and that I speak to, I say that, you know, you need to protect your neck when you're um, working on a screen that isn't protected from blue light. Um, and if you're in an office environment where there's a lot of overhead blue light and things like that, and it's quite easy for women to do because you just get a little scarf and wrap it around your neck. Um, it can just be a little silk thing. Um, it doesn't have to be like a big woolen thing in the middle of summer and just sort of drape that around your neck. Um, and that will really, really help. And one thing that um, also really helps the thyroid um, is, is red light. Okay. Now, blue and red are, are, are two different ends of the spectrum. Blue light is a very damaging portion of the spectrum because it's very high energy. It's very short wavelength. Um, it damages um, the eyes, the skin, etc. Um, and when you look at like LED backlit devices, laptop, smartphone, artificial lights, they're all blue. Um, they've got a bit of green and they've got a tiny, tiny amount of red. When you take a spectrometer outside in the sun, yeah, there's a lot of blue light, which is causing skin damage and eye damage, but there's also equal amounts of red light in the sun. And the red light actually restores and repairs um, and cleans up any damage that the blue light causes. So nature's very good like that. Always gives you an antidote um, to to something that may damage. Um, So you you can see the difference. You know, sun is brilliant because it's got the red in it. Blue light um, from artificial devices is is awful because it is all blue. So there's no antidote in there. So um, red light therapy is very good. So getting near infrared around about the 860 nanometer mark and getting um, solid um, visible red light between 630 and 660 nanometers on that thyroid area is um, or or any area of your body is going to restore the um, I guess the damage the blue has done during the day. And that's one of the reasons I have red lights in my house. I have um, near infrared devices as well um, that helps repair during the day. So, you know, it's not just all about talking about blue light, this, blue light, that. It's all different frequencies of light, whether they be invisible or visible, have a part to play in human ph- physiology. Blue light tells us that it's daytime. It tells us to be awake and alert and produce hormones that are needed later on in the day, like serotonin and tryptophan that are used then to produce melatonin in the absence of of blue light after dark. Um, red light is used to restore and repair. UV light is um, used to synthesize vitamin D and also be um, passed through DHA located in the eye to um, provide a DC electric current to our cells, which is vitally important because we won't run on a DC electric current. 
infrared light in the mornings um, and in the evenings helps to build melanin, which helps to protect us against excessive UV light during the day and build a solar color. So as you can see, light is is so powerful in how our hormones and, and, and physiology is, is really put together. Um, and if you are not cognizant of the fact that that is, is key in your health and wellness journey, um, you know, you're going to be leaving a lot of optimal on the table and, um, you know, not living to your highest potential in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think people need to realize that it's like, first of all, the hormonal issues it's causing and kind of all these downstream effects, but also literally your eyes, it's damaging your actual eyes. So you have both, both sides of things going on. And is there a difference in how damaging the blue light is from like say artificial lighting versus technology? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it it's all very much the same. Um, LED um, LEDs are used basically in um, sort of overhead lighting in light bulbs. They're used in the um, they're used in the back of um, your laptop. They're used in your smartphone, and they all emit very similar um, frequencies of light. and And the, the massive spike is at the lower end of the blue. So you're looking at sort of that. 430 to about 450 nanometers is where the um, highest portion of, of um, blue light is found in those devices. So, you know, a lot of people will, will say, well, I can just put, you know, um, night shift mode on my phone. I can put um, Flux or Iris, which is software on my laptop and it will reduce the blue light. Um, but people aren't aware that, you know, your dishwasher, your fridge has a light, your, um, if you're using an oven, it will have a light. If you watch TV, it has a light. If you put on house lights, it has a light. Car headlights are blue lights. Um, you know, street lights, um, neighbor's house lights, you know, there's so much light pollution now that we're devoid of darkness. Um, and humans need darkness to, 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 to repair and to grow and to be optimal and, um, as much as they need light. So, um, you know, fluorescent and LED lights are very similar in terms of what they give out. And that's that's why we produced um, two daytime blue light um, filtering lenses. Um, we produced um, one called Blue Light, um, B-L-U-L-I-T-E. And it's a clear lens and it filters down all the blue um, in line with basically the red that's um, left in the LED. So we're, we're taking out a lot of the damaging blue, but leaving enough in to make us feel alert and 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 um and happy during the day and that's great for people that work in a well naturally lit office maybe they're working on a computer and a bit of smartphone use during the day um and then we also produced um summer glow which is a yellow lens and this is like color therapy meets blue light blocking so it it, it filters a lot more blue light than the clear lens so people that have got hormone issues so maybe they've got you know a lot of anxiety a lot of stress um maybe depression maybe um seasonal affective disorder um, you know, they're, they're more susceptible then to blue light causing rapid spike, spikes in cortisol. Um, so they should, um, you know, wear the, I guess, the, the darker yellow lenses during the day and, and the color therapy make you feel sort of happy and alert and it will keep cortisol levels a lot lower, which will help you recover from anxiety, depression and stress. And then, um, yeah, so, so you know, it's, it's essential you wear, wear those during the day, to, to be honest. Um, but, you know, going back to your original question, um, I guess the, the deviation in, in blue light emitted from your smartphone compared to car headlights or your fridge light or your TV, there isn't really any difference. It all uses the same technology um, and it's all a nasty spike in blue. 
Okay, I think that's important for people to know because they like to say, well, I don't use tech, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need them. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And my other question is, well, can you explain to people why your glasses are they're more red versus orange? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we just quickly spoke spoken then about the daytime ones. So after dark, um, you know, a lot of companies just go to, you know, overseas locations like China and they order in a thousand of these amber tinted glasses and they sell them on Amazon for 20 bucks, not knowing what they block. Um, so from the literature, right. So light, light runs in nanometers. Okay. And for optimal hormone, um, secretion and suppression after dark. So you want to suppress cortisol and you want to increase melatonin. You have to block 100% of light between 400 and 550 nanometers. So that's the entire blue spectrum which runs from 400 to 495 nanometers and most of the green spectrum, which green runs from 496 to 570. So we, you need to block hundred percent between 400 and 550 after dark. Otherwise you're not going to have optimal um, melatonin secretion and you're not going to suppress cortisol enough to, um, you know, lower that and, and not give you chronic stress or anxiety down the line. So the only way to do that is actually with a deeper tint um, in the lenses. So light amber lenses don't cut it. You almost have to have a red um, tint to your um, to your glasses. And that's why we developed Sleep Plus, um, which was a, a tint that we mixed colors with for weeks on end and found a tint that then, you know, came out a specific color to block exactly to 550 because we didn't want to block any more than past 550 and the reason we didn't want to do that is we didn't want people to you know only be seeing red um you know no one wants to you know see like the terminator after dark you want to be able to watch your favorite tv shows you want to be able to see things properly but also give yourself that optimal um function and you know there's other companies out there that block all the way to like 600 nanometers and i've tried the glasses and you can't see anything you're bumping into things like you know everything's red whereas with ours um, you're getting optimal blocking. Your blue colors um, are coming through a deep green or a black, um, and greens are basically just changed to a different shade of green because we don't block all the green, only the, the essential green. So, and all the other colors come through normal. Um, and I guess you'll probably be able to testify this as well. Like when you put the red lenses on, almost immediately people comment that you just have this calming effect. Like you put them on and you just feel so relaxed. And that's because cortisol is literally just switched off as soon as you put it on and you're just like, wow, this is just amazing. Um, so that's why ours are different. They're, they're in line with the academic studies out there um, and they have to be a slightly deeper color to um, block that extra blue and some of that green light, um, but not too dark that they're going to impair, I guess, people's vision and, and quality of you know downtime with the family in the evening. Yeah, and you really do notice it immediately. Like, all of my friends wear blue blockers, right? And so they're used to wearing their orange glasses. And whenever I have someone try these, they put them on immediately. And it's like their eyes get wide and they go, oh, wow. Like, you can can totally tell the difference, you know, even for someone who's used to the orange glasses. So it really does make a difference. And one thing I want you to just be very clear about is – why having two pairs is really important because a lot of people will buy, you know, just the red lens or the daytime lens and they'll just wear that. Um, and they'll kind of swap it, you know? So I see people wearing their blue light blockers, um, like, you know, maybe the sleep plus 
in the day or the summer glow at night. So why is that not optimal? Yeah, exactly. So light um, needs to be managed differently at different points of the day. Um, and, you know, if you were to wear, if you were to block all blue light during the day, you would you would be equally as unhealthy as allowing blue light into your um, life after dark because, you know, from a circadian standpoint, we need blue light during the day. So wearing sleep plus during the day would be very detrimental to your health. You know, you would hardly have any cortisol level. So you'd feel lethargic all the time. Um, you wouldn't start producing serotonin. So your melatonin would, um, not be optimal, optimally produced in the evenings and your body would just think it's dark all the time. You probably want to go to bed at like, you know, 11 in the morning and be, be awake at like two in the morning and things. So it would, it would be really detrimental, um, to, to your health. Um, and the massive, the biggest misconception out there at the moment is, again, marketing companies have no idea about light saying that, you know, oh, you can just wear our clear lenses in the evening to block blue light. Clear lenses from basic physics cannot block blue light. You know, color blocks color. Like red doesn't allow blue to pass through. Like same as like, you know, um, clear won't, you know, it will still allow blue through. And you know, the, it's, it's great for during the day because, you know, the material we've put into our blue light lens reflects, you know, about 30 percent of the blue light that's coming out of any artificial source. So um, these are fantastic for during the day because um, you let, let the blue light in, you're reducing it down, you're getting less eye damage. Fantastic. You put them on after dark, all the blue light, you know, reducing by 30 percent blue light is going to have zero effect on um uh, on, on positive positively influencing your melatonin production lowering cortisol all it takes is a millisecond of blue light passing through your eyes to um at any frequency across the um 400 to 495 spectrum in blue um to increase cortisol so why would you only want to reduce it 30 percent? it just doesn't make sense so yeah you need um you need a pair for during the day and you need a pair for after dark. Um, so always the sleep plus. I always say, um, you know, that's a given. You need that. Whereas in the day, you're going to need one of the blue light or the summer glow. Um, and it really depends on your situation. And I said this to, to Melissa Ambrosini and I said it to Lacey Phillips. Um, you know, I personally, along with my wife, answer any um, questions specifically relating to people's light environments. I take time to do that. I like doing it because I don't want people to go on our website and go, oh, I don't know what to get. I'll just get this and see what happens. I want people to email me and say, Andy, Katie, this is my light environment. This is where I work. This is what I do after dark. This is what the kids do. This is what my husband does. What glasses do I need? Um, and then I can look at that in light environment that they've described. Maybe it's just two or three paragraphs, you know, very to the point. And then I can just say, well, based on what you're saying, you're saying during the day you suffer from, you know, anxiety attacks and migraine headaches. You're going to need the summer glow after dark. You're going to need the sleep plus um, because this, that and the other. Um, whereas, you know, um, another person might come and say, I work in a well naturally lit office. Um, you know, I can get regular sun breaks. Um, you know, I have um, software to produce blue light on my um, on my screen at work. However, there are artificial lights in the office as well and meeting rooms. What would I need? And I would be like, well, you know, based on that, you don't have any, you haven't described any anxiety or depression or stress. You're in well naturally lit areas. You, you kind of understand about filtering blue light through apps. So, you know, you just need um, the clear blue light lenses for during the day just to, to offset any of the negative effects from the overhead artificial lighting in your meeting rooms or in your office environment. So um, 
you know, I think that's really good to do. And it's, you know, it's on the, I guess, sort of uh, first glance at looking at our website, people be like, you know, that's, that's going to be quite a big investment. Our prices are higher than, um, you know, the ones off Amazon because we're made in Australia and we have technology that works. Um, but, you know, they're a lifelong investment. Your blue light glass is going to last for as long as you don't sit on them or drop them um, and tread on them. So, um, you know, if you take good care of them, it's going to be a, a, a lifelong investment that's going to give you such good optimal health and, and wellness, you know. And, um, you know, we don't want people buying the wrong glasses um, from us as well. Um, so just, just yeah, I, I just encourage people just to reach out to us. You know, even if you, even if you don't want to buy our products, you know, just just drop us a drop us an email and and you know ask about your light environment and we'll talk to you. We we love that. Yeah, and you guys have so many different frames. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what sets us apart as well. Like so many companies, because they just have to buy in bulk from China, mm-hmm. um, they can only afford to buy one or two different frames. Whereas um, I've because I partner with an optics lab that already stock specific frames, um, I can just literally I don't have to order in you know two three thousand frames at one time I just um you know grab a handful of each one and then um if people want prescription lenses um if people want reading magnifications we can do that as well in any of those frames and if for instance there's no frames that anyone likes on there we have a custom blue blocker service where you post me a pair of frames that you like so might might have an old pair of gucci sunglasses send them to me and I'll send them to the lab and we put them uh put our lenses in them and send them back to you and you can wear them around the office or as sleep plus glasses. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be something for, for everyone there. Um, which, which is fantastic. And we, we also as well, one thing I wanted to mention, I'm, I'm sure you're going to ask me about it as well was, was our, uh, I guess our, our mission, um, which is, you know, we want to ensure that people that can afford to wear our technology, um, have access to the most optimal products. That's that's really important. But there's a lot of people in the developing world that um, need basic reading glasses. So without any blue light filter, they just need basic reading glasses or prescription glasses to be able to work and provide for their families. Um, so we've actually got a, a partnership with a company called Restoring Vision. Now, Restoring Vision are a, a, a not-for-profit company based in L.A., actually, um, and they have a mission to supply reading glasses to 20 million people by 2020. Um, so anyone that, so our, our deal with them is that anyone that buys a pair of blue blocks from us, we donate the monetary equivalent for them to go and buy a pair of reading glasses and put them on someone in the third world. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure that even people that can't afford to have access to basic, um, you know, things like reading glasses, um, to be able just to work, um, that, that we're providing that and giving back. And that's very, very dear to our heart. You know, it's a very, um, long-term partnership with these guys. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we're doing our best and that anyone that, that wants to look after their health will know that they are actually going to be looking after the health and, and wellness and security of a, a, of a mother or a father or, or a child in, in the developing world. Yeah, I love that you guys do that. I mean, it's a win-win all around. So when you buy the glasses, you're helping yourself and someone else. Um, yes. So I I say everyone should go for it. And one last thing is I want you to talk about your Remedy sleep mask. Because a lot of oh, people yeah. don't use a sleep mask. So why? tell me why I should use a sleep mask. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. So again, um, 
we weren't happy with sleep masks that were out there. So when we looked at um, wearing sleep masks, light was still passing through from under the nose, from the top, um, and it kind of pointless, really. So um, again, when you read the peer-reviewed studies, any light that hits your eyes whilst you sleep, so it could be a car headlight coming in through the window, could be some street lights, could be the neighbor's light, could be the boyfriend or the girlfriend or the wife getting up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, switching the light on, that is all actually disrupting your your body clocks and your hormones. One study came out to show that even a few seconds of artificial light hitting your eyes after um, you go to sleep is enough to increase insulin uh, resistance in, in people. So that was that was crazy. So we developed a sleep mask that is guaranteed to be 100% light blocking. Um, and the way we did this was we got um, a basically like a blindfold. Um, and then we made these concave um, uh, sort of cups um, that actually stick onto um, Velcro um, and allow you to then wrap around your, your face. Um, and you can move these eye cups around so they can fit perfectly over your eyes. If you apply pressure to your eyes, um, you um, can leave yourself susceptible to things like um, glaucoma um, and other sort of eye pressure related diseases. So we wanted to create one where it would be completely blackout to give you the light um, healing benefits, but also um, you, you're able to open your eyes um, within this sleep mask and still see um, or still open your eyes um, and, and it still be, be complete darkness. Um, so, yeah, we, we created Remedy, um, which was a bit of a play on words. And, and we found that we found a study um, that they did in a sleep lab where REM sleep actually increased by about 40 percent in people that wore a blackout sleep mask as opposed to people that slept in a room with um, light shining through. Um, so, you know, what we said earlier, more REM sleep, more recovery, more repair, less chance of cancers and metabolic diseases. So, you know, Remedy's great. Um, and it's at a lower price point as well, because obviously it's a sleep mask. Um, and yeah, we've, um, we've only had it out for a month. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we, we sold out, um, basically our first, uh, thousand that we had manufactured here, um, in that first 30 days. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a huge hit. We've had some fantastic feedback um, that we've posted on our Facebook page about how good they are. And they work for side sleepers, back sleepers, belly sleepers as well. So, yeah, very, very important, Christina, to have um, a sleep mask um, if there's any kind of light seeping into your, um, I guess, your, your, your sleeping area at night. Yeah, I think most people do have light seeping into their area. So, yeah. Highly recommend. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Like, I could talk to you for five hours. I don't know. I, how, know. I don't know how you like keep all this in your brain. It's so interesting. There's so much that goes into understanding light and how it affects the body. Like, I'm sure you feel like we just skimmed the surface. So, I think it's really cool, um, and I really appreciate you sharing all the all of your knowledge. But I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you further. So can you just tell everyone where they can purchase the glasses and connect more with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, jump on our website, um, which is blueblocks.com. Um, so it's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. So that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Um, 
there's, there's go to the blog section as well. Have a look, um, have a read of some of those blogs, um, have a um, look at our lens guide um, and a little bit about us as well. Have a good look through there. It's really, really good. Um, Christina's got a code as well that um, I've, I've given her um, for, for you guys listening, um, which is wellness um, for 50. 15% off so definitely take advantage of that um it's well worth uh, well worth doing um in terms of following myself um you can uh the, the main place really is, is 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 a group on facebook called light and health um it's a group that i i run there's about six thousand people in it um and it's a lot of like questions and answers i post the latest studies um but also breaking it down if you don't want to read the studies into what the studies are saying. Um, and that's um, very popular. Um, so definitely check that out. That's light and health. Um, and then we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. So blue blocks official, um, is, is our Instagram um, handle. And you can also go on our Facebook, just search blue blocks, B L U B L O X. Um, we're the only one there. So, um, come and see us, um, on, on Facebook as well. Um, and you know, personally I'm, uh, getting more active on my personal Instagram account. So if people wanted to follow me and my journey personally, um, then, uh, Andy Mant 84, I believe is my handle. Um, there's not many, it's quite an uncommon surname. So, um, you'll be able to find me on, on there for sure. So that, they're the main points to, uh, sorry, main places to, to discover more about blue light and learn a little bit more or, or follow my, my personal journey as well. Awesome. And if someone wants to email to ask about what pair they should get, what email should they send that to? Absolutely. So um, if they go to the contacts section on the website, um, just through there is totally fine. However, um, just contact at blueblocks.com. Um, I monitor. So um, for general sort of in- inquiries and um, random bits and pieces, my, my team will answer those. But anything specific that is related to what glasses do I need, I get I answer and, and Katie answers answers my wife um because we know the science behind it and we're not prepared to to outsource that to anyone that doesn't fully understand it to the level we do um so we want to make sure people get what's right for them so just contact at blueblocks.com i know you guys loved that episode as much as i did huge thank you to andy for coming on the show and sharing all of that information and if you are ready to get the best blue blocking light glasses in the world, just go to blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, and you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you tell Andy. Make sure you let me know. You can post about it in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I would love to see you there. And if you feel so inclined to share it on social media, I always love when you do so. Make sure you tag me, tag Blue Blocks, tag Wellness Realness Podcast, and that way I can say thank you. That's going to be it for this episode. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, and I will chat with you again next time. Bye. Bye.